Hotzo 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the official only daily comedy website. I'm the internet's Sean Baby from the World Web, and my partner is a Frank Dukes in the streets and a Frank Stallone in the sheets, Robert Brockway. Oh, I was going to ask if I could flip them, but either way, either way, that's bad. Uh, I'm yeah. Robert Brockway, and here's a Brockway fact. I briefly ran a dojo until the corruption scandal. No follow-up questions. <gasps> oh, I will not be it. taking follow-up questions. I had so many. Uh, our guest today is a writer-producer on a program I used to actually host, <laughs> G4TV's Attack of the Show. And like me and Brockway, she's funny and beautiful, Vanessa Guerrero. Hey, how's it going? I know it feels like an interesting like torch pass day. Yeah. Yeah, to be to be clear, did she take it from you? No. <laughs> she did. Yes, I did. With the screama. With the screama, yes. <laughs> Escrima in the streets. Your husband is a, is a Muay Thai man, if I'm not mistaken. Vanessa. He is. He's a Muay Thai man and he's getting back into it. I uh it's been interesting watching somebody like miss being punched in the head so much. <laughs> and uh I, I saw that look in his eyes as he was like trying to get back into it and now that it's happening i can't wait to see if he gets any fights lined up but yeah that's what he did uh, for a couple years in thailand wait mm-hmm. like professionally yeah like, professionally he he, right. he actually got sewn up after a fight by a veterinarian because that's how they do in thailand <laughs> see yeah, they don't give a shit you can get like into the ring in a bar they're like who here wants to fight oh yeah that all happened right, at a funeral right. <laughs> <laughs> every, every funeral needs a fist fight that's yep <laughs> That's how you send somebody off. That's how you honor their life. You fight fight all of their loved ones to see who loves them most. But you're, of course, the master of Eskrima, is uh, is what you're saying. I wish. It's it's, it's mostly just I have drumsticks and I'm yelling. Okay. I I (laughs) wish I mastered that, but it's something that I, uh, I, I would actually like to get into it. Any weapons-based type martial art always appeals mm-hmm. to me, and I've actually seen people doing it here in Los Angeles. The only thing is their initiations are like, not initiations, their initial classes are like kind of terrifying because they're always like, we're always so afraid somebody will bleed and then they'll leave. And <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm down okay. to stick around. I'm just very squishy. Yeah, everybody needs to bleed. That's a good funeral. Someone always bleeds at a good funeral too. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Pinchex a lot? Oh, God. Big fan. Big fan oh, of Pen Jack Slot. One of my favorite things to see on camera. I, I desperately mm-hmm. want more martial arts movies with Pen Jack Slot. Right. Of course, now, the raid. Now, are you making should... all of these up no, no, no. or just most that's, of them? That's what they use in the raid, which I'm sure you've seen. At okay, least that, there is no way that was an established martial art that they used in the raid. That was, no, that's this like martial art is just brawling. That's from the textbooks. If you open up a Pinch X Lack book, you're like, oh, this is where the choreographer got that. Classic leg swing. A classic yeah. giant leg swing yeah. into wall. Yeah, yeah. when you throw a guy up through a story. Drop into axe style. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, Vanessa, is there something you'd like to plug here at the top of the show? Because our show does tend to go off the rails at the end. Oh, sure. Um, I'd like to plug my podcast. Uh, it's called Kicking and Screaming. We take martial arts movies and horror movies and we put them together. We like to make them kiss because we think we think they're two genres mm. that uh, taste great on their own, but taste even better together. And chances are, if you like one, you'll like the other. And so we kind of use it as a gateway. Right now, I have noticed demographic wise, it is more getting horror fans into martial arts. But every once in a while, it happens in the other direction. You've, of course, done Brotherhood of the Wolf, then. 
we oh, yeah. Mark Dacascos. We like I love Mark Dacascos. We just recently did Brotherhood of the Wolf. Hell yeah. And we paired it Got with um, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Well, uh, it's Wolf. Brotherhood yeah. of the Wolf does does both for you. It does both for you. And since it was also like, since there were like some tones of masculinity and stuff, we paired it with a werewolf <laughs> movie that had like some similar stuff going on. Um, but we've been waiting to do Brotherhood, Brotherhood of the Wolf for a while. In general, I've been trying to get more Mark DeCascos on. We still, mm-hmm. we, we still need to more. do Only the Strong. That's the fucking classic. Yeah, it is. We'll get in sync as the podcast goes on. And yeah, then I'll feel it. Our, yeah, we'll feel the Jenga. Uh, <laughs> so today we're, we are talking about some wolf stuff because there was some wolves in this episode. We're doing, um, I guess we're beginning part one of our 16-part podcast series, Breaking the Glass Web, an audio herstory of Spider-Woman, narrated by treasured me and noted feminist, Sean Baby. <laughs> so uh, this is a cartoon that came out in 1978, so it's kind of before all of our times. Um, and Vanessa, as a proud woman of nerd, uh, what were your thoughts on Spider-Woman going into this uh, perfect and amazing cartoon? Uh, it is perfect and amazing. My immediate thoughts were it was scratching every Scooby-Doo itch that has mm-hmm. been left in my heart. I'd actually never, I would like, I had no clue it was on Disney Plus. I never watched the show before. This was my introductory episode to it, and I couldn't think of a better one for it. <laughs> I loved how at the beginning I was like, okay, this is like Scooby-Doo. This is cute. And then how quickly off the rails it felt like it was going oh, yeah. about midway point forward. I'm addicted now. <laughs> Not mid. I'd probably say like quarter of the way in. It was like a quarter of the way. I'm like, okay, it's a it's a Marvel cartoon. And then, um, and then. I'm probably going to start from the beginning with my niece now because she's a big yeah. comic book dork now, and mm-hmm. I I adored this. Yeah, and this is my- what we used to deal with. This is how you had to be as an old school comic book dork. <laughs> You, you just kids have to today how it existed. Like I was just talking about that with somebody earlier. Whenever I see people in like nerdier spaces now, where I'm like, my my wild wild west was like an uncontrolled internet in which I could either see like fun comic book facts or like a car accident that ended poorly. I can't imagine anybody from the age of before that trying to get what they could where they could. Yeah, it was it was desperate. It was pure desperation. <laughs> yeah, this just was flipping through channels. Girls. <laughs> yeah, this is our superhero cartoons when I was a kid where they like, they couldn't punch. Everything was like a little bit wrong. Uh, yeah. The toys were like that too. Like you couldn't just go out and get a Spider-Man toy. You had to get like window washer Spider-Man or Safari Spider-Man um, because everything had to have like this weird hook because they didn't think any kid actually watched cartoons. And um, nobody making these knew knew what the fuck was going on with these characters. Inconsistent stocking too, yeah. trying to pick up those toys. You'd get like- yeah. Maybe they'd have Spider-Man, but then they'd never carry it again. So you'd have window washing Spider-Man versus He-Man for like your entire childhood. Yeah. And that's a good fight. That's a good fight. I'm, I'm not saying it's fight. not a good fight. Yeah. Uh, the episode we picked is episode 10. If you want to watch along at home, it's on Disney+. Plus. I think all the old Spider-Man shows are on Disney+. Plus. Check out Spider-Man and Amazing Friends, the old school 60 Spider-Man. They're, they're fucking awesome. Uh, but this is episode 10, Dracula's Revenge. And I chose this one because it has a perfect example of the 16 secret Spider-Woman tropes. And as we discuss the show, <laughs> Vanessa and Robert, you two will be trying to identify the 16 secret Spider-Woman tropes. Okay. You'll have to use your keen pop culture senses to deduce which things in Dracula's Revenge are specifically deranged and which ones happen around Spider-Woman all the time. 
Oh. So. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> okay. So uh, before we start, I do want to talk about um, the character Spider-Woman. Now, in the comics, Jessica Drew had sort of a similar origin to the one in the cartoon. In the cartoon, she was bit by a spider and then given a special spider serum by her father. Um, that was her second origin in the comic books. Uh, her meta origin is Stan Lee uh, was trying to prevent other people from stealing his great Spider-Man idea. He knew someone was just going to fucking make Spider-Woman and steal it right out from under him. So he made Spider-Woman in your face. And uh, they gave it to Archie Goodwin, who was the former short-term editor-in-chief at Marvel. And he said, um, I'm going to make it like a spider person. So mm-hmm. originally, he made it so a spider evolved into a woman and <laughs> oh shit yeah which is kind of insane and grotesque and she had a a fear pheromone like a spider you know how you just kind of grossed out by spiders that was mm-hmm. like something she had and they sort of had to deal with that in her civilian life she she eventually figured out My oh everyone hates me yes everyone hates me because i'm i'm spider juice seeping out of me so they retconned that they fixed that and they gave her sort of a seductive pheromone they don't have this in the cartoon but in the comic oh, book see oh see how I you always want to fuck spiders yes Yes. So they, which again is kind of spidery. Um, yeah. The I want to fuck every spider I see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, raw, you, you, raw spider you mentioned sexuality. That, I'd say you mentioned that too often on the show, but um, there is a scientific basis to that because an orb web lady spider will wrap up a I male and eat him while they fuck. Uh, redback spiders will feed themselves to the lady after they mate. It's like part of their whole ritual. Part of their whole survival mechanism is to make sure the lady's food. healthy after she's filled with your sperm to Promote your genetics. Hot. Anyway, spiders are nightmares. Yeah, but very, very hot. Also, I would say Spider-Woman has one of the horniest uh, costumes. Like a red skin-tight full cat suit is arguably more naked than naked. And, oh, uh, yeah. What yeah. What yeah, I mean by that is butt. if... Yes, so much butt on this costume. If I ran into a naked lady, I'd be like, oh my God, is everything okay? Who took your clothes? But if I ran into a lady in a Spider-Woman costume, I'd be like, hey girl, is there a Mr. Woman? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Uh, there's also like a yellow hourglass shape on the I front of it. I would seduce her with those just... spider facts. Oh yeah. She would love that. I bet. Hey girl, I know stuff <laughs> about spiders. I know how many legs they got and I know they don't like to be stepped on. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> going to give you some head and then give you some head. Oh damn. My, my head. To be clear, I will take off my head and you will, you will eat it. it. And then eat it. Once again, this is Breaking the Glass Web, a feminist <laughs> podcast about Spider-Woman. That's uh, feminist. It's empowering. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, that hourglass shape on her costume is sort of aggressively nothing. It's just kind of hugs all of our erogenous zones. It's just so like, hey, here are my titties. And then here's an arrow down to this part. I just think it's extremely. Frank Dukes power move. Yes. Frank Duke, it's, it's as if Frank Dukes designed her costume. Uh Let's all her flowing hair out. Like, it's just very sexy. Um, so anyway, this next part is almost word for word every comic character's history. But Marvel gave her a, a half-effort comic for about four years, then killed her. Then she was resurrected almost immediately, then forgotten about also almost immediately. Replaced by a totally different lady with different powers. And then brought back by Brian Michael Bendis to basically be one of the most important characters in the entire Marvel universe. So, like I said, that could be any yeah, character in Marvel. Yeah, Um, but in the comics, she's basically super strong, can stick to walls, shoot spider lasers, squirt seduction spores, and she can kind of fly a little bit. So the spider lasers are from the, those are canonically accurate. Yes. I thought that was, that was not to get ahead, but I thought that was just part of the show. 
Well, uh, they did add uh, the ability to shoot webs out of her fingers, and uh, she can conjure the magic fetish costume when she spins. Almost yeah, she does a magical like girl Wonder transformation. Woman. She does yeah. the Sailor Moon into right. Spider, which I, I love. love. That yes, it's wonderful. It's, it's pretty excellent. So that is the background on Spider Woman, and now, of course, we, it's time to talk about um, Dracula's Revenge, which is just so perfect. I love it so, from the title stage. It's episode ten, and it's already Dracula's Revenge. Yes, yes. he like has some not shows in the series. Some shows yeah. never even make it to Dracula, and we've already made <laughs> episode ten. You got his revenge. And it's an evolved Dracula. Mm-hmm. You're reinventing Dracula lore on episode 10. Balls of this show. Lasers. That is not one of the tropes, reinventing Dracula lore. Um, it opens with two doofuses bashing into Dracula's tomb. One of them, like, knows this is a bad idea. He's like, buddy, I don't think we should bash into Dracula's tomb. Uh, and because this is a world where Spider-Woman exists and uh, all of the strange things she fights. So they should probably figure Dracula's real, right? Yeah. Uh, but one guy says, uh, they find the coffin. It's got a cute little bat on it, um, which I love. And he decides that they're now rich. He says, people will pay millions of dollars to see the tomb of Count Dracula. But to be clear, this is a fully labeled crypt in a public graveyard that says Count Dracula. Like, in giant if, letters. Yes. If anyone wanted to see the tomb of Dracula for any amount of money, it's right there. Like that's, I, I, if there's a market for it, they'd be here at the tomb labeled Count fucking Dracula. So um, can you identify the trope, the first trope here? Uh, from Everything from is labeled. <laughs> that is that is true, but I did not have that in my uh, in my tropes. That is a very universal thing to happen in in seventies cartoons. I'm going to go with uh, the villain is unleashed by bumbling. That also happens a lot. Ooh. I I didn't have that as a unique Spider Woman. Um, what I was what I wrote down as the uh, uniquely Spider Woman trope is very specifically no one thinks this shit through at all on Spider Woman. It's worse than Super Friends, okay. Birdman, Scooby Doo. The heroes and villains each hatch schemes that uh, absolutely wouldn't work for anyone, no matter what. Uh, their motivations make no sense. And um, I guess it, fundamentally, there's a, a better and more sane for everyone to do what they're doing. So um, that's the first trope. Uh, anyway, they open the Tomb of Dracula, and he's immediately alive and free after 500 years, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> He, he was just waiting for some regular Transylvanian hillbilly to right, he's gently like, shove the lid. Like, <laughs> like I can't get out of here, and it's just two malnourished uh, right. peasants that slide up his coffin over with minimal... They don't even grunt. I know. They're imagine like, that being the first thing you see when you wake up after... Oh, fucking thank God. Longs of years. It was so heavy. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's an accurate accent. I realize it's yeah. a bad accent, but that is accurate. Accurate very, Yeah. I thought maybe he just didn't even try it. Like after 500 years, it, it never occurred to him to like, yeah, maybe it, maybe I could just lift that. I don't it's know. one big push. It was an awkward angle. I couldn't get with my elbows. Yeah, it's elbow. Wow, I tried to do a Dracula voice and instead blah. it just became uh, something else. Well, no, that was a, a perfect, that was a perfectly accurate for, for this show impression. Yes. You just had to be like a good 40 feet farther away from your microphone. <laughs> for some reason, the audio on Dracula is like they recorded him from the next room. He's just always. Oh, I'm vampire. That's it. That sounds like yeah. they run away. Obviously, uh, they were not expecting 
to open the grave of Dracula and find a live Dracula. <laughs> and uh, he, he turns into a bat and runs them down. Not to say, oh, God, thank you, guys. I was trapped in there for 500 years. But to uh, make them his first victims, blah. And, uh, you know, whatever. He, they were desecrating his graves in the hopes people would pay to see his desecrated grave instead of the well-maintained and clearly labeled non-desecrated one. It was a bad plan. They deserved to be punished for this. Yeah, I can't imagine opening a Dracula tomb and being surprised that there's a live Dracula yeah. if I know That's, the name Dracula. Yeah, it's kind of Dracula's deal. That's kind yeah. of his only deal. Is I like, die. <laughs> fucking do it. The one thing. That's the reason you're looking for my grave. Which, yeah, falls so, apart at the, at the premise stage. Exactly. Uh, Spider-Woman interrupts. Uh, and she says, you'll have to deal with me first, you vagrant vampire. Which, again, is a weird thing to say because he fucking is hobo looking vampire. nice. He is in a full tuxedo and cape. Like, he's not a vagrant. He is looking fancy. Oh, I think I found one of the tropes. What is it? Is it alliteration? Uh, oh, it is. But uh, I, didn't, I don't have that as unique to Spider-Woman. But yeah. this, is, this is the other time I need you to name the, uh, the second Spider-Woman trope. Does she always just jump out from something That's exactly with no it. explanation? Yes. Hell yes. In, In Act Spider-Man. 1, the Superman is Put just, it on the board. Spider-Woman is just there. <laughs> Put it on she, the board. I believe she jumps out from behind a tombstone. Like, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, this is supposed to be like Romania. What the fuck are you doing in a Romanian <laughs> graveyard if you didn't know Dracula was going to jump out? If you, watch, if you watch the whole series, she'll just be in an African jungle. She'll be in an ancient pyramid. I didn't make those up. That's, she's just always right there. Uh, so she shoots, or Dracula shoots green Dracula lasers out of his hands, and she the, dies the Dracula behind the grave. Ray. Yes. I, at this point, I was so innocent. I was like, "What? He has fucking Dracula rays!" <laughs> I could, I could not even believe, like my future self looking back on this moment with just oh. embarrassment and shame. Yeah. You had no idea. So you can guess trope three here. Oh yeah, rays! Everybody's got a yeah. ray. Exactly right. Everything Everybody and everyone shoots unexplainable beams. Eyes, rings, vampire hands. Uh, I think this came about because in the 70s and 80s, cartoons just had no punching. And so conflict sort of had to be resolved by shooting beams. Um, You see this a lot on Birdman where one guy will shoot a beam and then Birdman will shoot a beam. And then they'll have a beam war and they'll have like this this clash of energy. Yes. And the clash of energy will go back and forth in whichever side that ends on. That guy's fucked. Like the fight's over. It would go on to inspire every single episode of Dragon Ball Z, all 8,000 of them. Exactly. Oh, it, man, it I all love owes... that 7,000 episode fight. <laughs> <laughs> I like the 40 episode yell before it. I, I don't watch a lot of Dragon Ball Z, but I do know this trope, that they just get ready for a fight for, for hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Beam Wars. Not as good as yeah, the Beam Wars beam here. Wars. Oh, yeah. These are yeah, superior these, Beam Wars. These are classic Beam Wars. So, uh... Jessica shoots him with a with her venom blast, and Dracula just runs away. He blocks it with his cape, but it's like, oh, it's it's got light, so he he just takes off. And then the two idiots, she's like, hey, I saved your guys' life, and then they take off. They're like, who the fuck is this lady? (laughs) 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 I guess I guess they don't have TV in Romania or Grumania, whatever the fuck they are. Uh, Oh yeah, Grumania. Yeah, <laughs> I think they, I think that's a made up country. I didn't Google right, that. Because you don't want to get sued by Romania for implying. <laughs> why, <laughs> why was it necessary to make up a fake country that sounds like the real country? It was such <laughs> there, a crazy decision. 
There is another thing cartoons at the time did where they didn't want to like name the country they were in. Like Birdman, they do this all the time where it's like, my nation's capital is under attack. And you're like, right, but that's the Pentagon. You could just say America. Grumerica. Yeah, it's Grumerica. Uh, So Spider-Woman's like, oh, I got to get back home. I I have a date. And her date is with um, the co-stars of the show, Billy and Jeff. Billy is her nephew and Jeff is the- She has a date with Jeff and a boy, like a- Yeah. Like a Are date young. boy. They brought a date boy along. He's the <laughs> one that they used to make room for Jesus in the middle. Right. Like he's there to keep things Smart. from getting too real. Like you're, yeah. you're getting the getting under the shirt, not with date boy around. <laughs> it's always uh, with date boy. <laughs> uh, so that is her actual uh, nephew. And uh, they're watching Alien Spider and just talking through the whole goddamn movie. The movie's called Alien Spider. But they took her too. Yes, Alien Spider. Uh, Jeff is very condescending about how the spider isn't very scary, which uh, is your clue for trope number four. Oh, is it that uh, Jessica? Everyone thinks Jessica's a coward. Uh, just misogyny. I just had misogyny as a general concept. Oh, I was okay. I was going to go with <laughs> Jeff as a piece of shit. Is that That's the trope? True. That Jeff yes. is a real piece of he shit. He sucks so hard. He uh, looks so, like he's just permanently dead inside and he just says like I the snidest that. fucking things. Yeah. He's just, yeah. they didn't animate purposefully any life into him. He's just mannequin, <laughs> no. mannequining around. There's a specific moment in which he reaches out to touch her shoulder. Yes. And I like, yes. I like short circuited for a second where I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in nature touch another human being like that. <laughs> yeah, Jeff is, there has to notes. be like a plot point if the show went on that Jeff is some sort of alien plant. I mean that in both senses of the word. He is, mm-hmm. he is an alien plant and he has been planted there in her life. I don't think they got to that episode, but I don't want to spoil any surprises. You still have 15 more great episodes to watch. Uh, but yeah, I, I just had misogyny because it's, it's sort of just how we lived our life in 1978, I think. Yeah. But uh, Jeff assumes Jessica knows nothing about anything and can't emotionally handle even the horror of a movie puppet. So he's like, oh, don't look at the screen, Jessica. The spider might be too scary. So, and uh, she, in her secret disguise of ordinary reporter, Jessica Drew, plays along with all of it. She's like, oh, Jeff, thank you for your advice. I'll not look at the TV. So happily, she just loves this. Um, This is just an ordinary horror of her and I would assume every woman's life in 1978 and probably today. Uh, Sorry about everything, ladies. Uh, but to be clear, in her in her secret identity, Spider-Woman is a hugely successful reporter who runs a magazine that has a 30-story headquarters and its own jet copter. And with her The sp- Justice Jet Copter. I was wondering about that because I did copter, not know yeah. her backstory. But at one mm-hmm. point she mentions as her alternate identity, she mentions jumping in the just Justice Jet Copter to like fly yep. around the world. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be a fucking reporter? Where is the Justice Jet Copter coming it's, from? That's just the kind of money they make at Justice yeah. Magazine. And um, also, I, I wanted to point out that with her spider strength, when Jeff pats her on the butt for doing a good job, it must feel like coiled steel cables wrapped around horse haunches. Like, he knows not to <laughs> fuck with this woman, right? Yeah, so, he has to feel it vibrating in her yeah. sinews. <laughs> He's got to be like, this woman could crush me with those legs. The and he watches himself. presence of Date Boy is the only thing keeping him alive. <laughs> 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 so anyway, this guy, he watches himself get saved by a woman twice an episode, spends all this time with the world's wealthiest journalist, built like the world's brickest house, and he still defaults to, I'm better than girls because, you know, whatever, my genitals hardly ever bleed. So uh, this is interrupted by a spider sense. Uh, Jessica, gets, Jessica gets a spider sense alert that old Dracula is at it again, uh, which leads me to trope five, 
what's what do you think secret spider woman trope five is uh is it gonna be all right i'm trying to think it's either jessica disappeared for a long time and no one cares or jessica uses a hot scoop as a way to get out of something weird it's both of those things tied up with her spider sense which uh it, it it conveniently lets her get out of anything but also tells her where the next plot device is. Like oh. her spider sense has unlimited worldwide range. Like she's sensing something across the Atlantic Ocean. In Grumania. Like, yes, in Grumania. Oh my God, this isn't like Uwatu? Peter Parker. Yes, she's full of Uh It's not like Peter Parker who's like, oh, something's about to punch me. This is like, I'm seeing a psychic Somebody's vision. Somebody's unhappy in Grumania. <laughs> yes. Somebody was startled a little bit. A child dropped their ice cream cone in New York. <laughs> so... Yeah, so she sees three shadowy figures. Right. Um, So if these were people that Dracula was currently attacking, they're dead. Because she has to get from New York to Transylvania on armpit spider web wings, which is a 25-day glide. I Googled it. Uh, (laughs) Googled armpit spider wing rate. (laughs) Average miles per hour. (laughs) She's going to land in France and find a vampire apocalypse. Like by the time she lands, she's going to be like, oh my God, I'm too late to save those three people I saw while I was in the movies. So yes, so she ducks out and they're like, oh, I guess she's got a scoop to get to. Um, she, uh, Jeff decides she's, uh, she doesn't, and she was just afraid of the movie spider. He's like, oh, she, she's not actually doing her reporting. I told her she was going to do that, so she must be doing that? I mean, that's what a good woman would do. She's Honey, you're afraid spider. of this movie. Her smooth, smooth brain couldn't handle seeing a spider that big. I like how images can help. How zero objections she has to all of this treatment. Like, oh, yeah. he says this shit, and it just doesn't even blink. She's like, uh-huh. Yep. Of course. This is normal. It really is super scary, Jeff. Billy, you're a child. You watch it. <laughs> uh, so we cut to uh, Grumania, I guess, where a Van Helsing descendant is hosting a dinner party. And they're just explaining themselves and how they fit into the plot. One of them's like, aren't you worried about the curse Dracula put on your family? And he's like, no, Dracula fucking sucks. If he was here right now, I'd kick his ass. It's like, I think they've been doing this every night for 500 years, trying to queue up a Dracula entrance. Because they don't know, like this wasn't brought up like Dracula's loose. Aren't you afraid? They don't know that Dracula's free. This is just their small talk. They have at a dinner party is like, Hey, Van Helsing, aren't you afraid of that curse Dracula put on your family 500 years ago? No way, not dude. at all. I'm living in Dracula's castle, and it will always be fine. <laughs> hubris, hubris, hubris. Some Over say hubris will be my pride. downfall, but I laugh. I laugh at them. <gasps> it's lasers. Dracula's lasers hubris here. are your downfall. Mm-hmm. Vampire lasers, your downfall. Which is exactly what happens next. Uh, Dracula shows up, presents himself wordlessly, and they're like, "It's Dracula." I just love this part of the show where he just kind of had to be in the window. For it. Transforms from bat into man and he's kind of just like, ta-da! Love it. They're Great ready. entrance. They were ready. He, he turns them into vampires. Um, that's with, it. That's with? with, with of course, vampire lasers. Thank yeah. you. You have to say it every time. You have to say that he shoots a Dracula ray out of his hand and turns everybody into Draculas. Now, I have a trope here that happens in this scene and in many other Spider-Woman episodes. What do you think it is? Is it that when something turns evil, they just have arched eyebrows? That is not it, but it is a great guess. 
Because, uh, yes, they do. When they become evil vampires, they're just like, <laughs> like they just sort of change their facial expression. I did contouring. I think, <laughs> I think it's generally that people are turned into evil things. Like they use yeah. use pedestrians to turn into like the new enemy. That's exactly right. Uh, Hell yeah. Her, en- her enemies always have a ray that transforms people into them. Mummies, fly monsters. It sort of makes sense for vampires, of course, but uh, and since I you can't, can't bite I'm them. I'm assuming vampire it's always beam. via a ray. Uh, or beam. Or beam. 100% always by, by a ray. You gotta watch out for them beams. So uh, he goes, you are all my captives. And then Spider-Woman flies in, but not for long, Dracula. I've come to free them. So these are vampires. She has no idea how to fucking fix that. Which brings me to trope number seven. Uh, is it ignoring them and just leaving? <laughs> that, that is what happens. Uh, that is but, what happens. <laughs> but the trope is Spider-Woman has a lot of confidence and also no idea what she's doing. Yes. So yes, that's uh, which in many ways <laughs> makes her more of a Spider-Man than a Spider-Woman. Yeah. I just like that our our first big threat, Dracula turns these people, it's all like 80 year olds. Everybody at the dinner is 80 years old and they turn into vampires and they're not, they're not like full beasts. They're just old people with like fangs and Yeah. Why would you make a vessel that fragile? Like, why would you make- geriatric vampire force would slow through. (laughs) Oh, thank God. They could get discounts at the movies. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. Where am I at my notes here? Um, I have, he shoots a laser beam at her, a vampire beam, and she gets out of the way and she says, that's a nice bat blast you've got there, Dracula. Let's see how it matches my venom blast. And, because uh, everybody's got a blast. <laughs> everybody in this world, everybody has at least one blast. Every one of those old people has an yep. old person blast. Yep. He gets very upset about the light of the blast. Not like, hey, that laser really hurts. Just like, that light hurts my eyes. Turns into a bat, runs away again. Little bitch Faratu. That's, that's your new name, Dracula. Uh, so she realizes she has to get back to Jeff and Billy at the movies. So she leaves. She just leaves. Completely forgetting her stated goal. Can I, can I just jump in and say, we're not like noticing something here. The cartoon actually like goes back and shows all the vampires standing there. Like, um, yeah. Like is she got, is she she coming? I don't think she's coming back. Do you want to go? I think we should just go. But I bark laughed at that. Realizing that we went back to the movie theater. Like I was watching this like at work on my lunch break and I had headphones on and I did not realize I made the sound that I made that loud when that happened. They had to have known when they cut back to all the vampires standing there, like, should we is are we do we have a cue after this? Do we all of her? We just turn into bats and fly out the window after she left. Like, okay, that was a freebie. Thanks, Spider-Woman. Uh, this leads me to trope number eight. This one's a little more subtle. Can you guess it from this? I already guessed mine, which is that she just ignores the threat and they throw up. So is it that Billy and Date Boy come along? Well, that is a uh, a part of it. Uh, that's the next trope. Reckless endangerment of, of young Billy. And you, Jeff. Always, you always have to get back to, to <laughs> Jeff and Date Boy. Exactly. Nothing is more important than keeping her secret identity. It doesn't matter if she abandons like people to be vampires, presumably forever. Uh, she's been in planes with them where the situation calls for Spider-Woman. Instead of saying like, guys, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. I got to let you know I'm Spider-Woman. You got to keep this a secret. She will jump out of the window and let them think their dear friend and aunt died <laughs> and then turn into Spider-Woman like, and come back and be like, oh, yeah, I found Jessica in the water. 
She's a sturdy lass, that Jessica. <laughs> like she uh, makes him think about what life would be like without her on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Like they're constantly in a state of panic that Jessica died. Uh, she's also doing it. She'll do it like on the moon. They'll be on a place where there's the only three people on the planet. And like Jessica will like jump into a pit and then they'll be like, oh shit, Jessica's dead. Uh, when we get to back to earth, I guess we'll have to figure out her funeral. And then like spider woman will show up and say like, I found your friend, Jessica, who, you know, we have the same hair, lower face body. Uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. you recognize this ass anyway. <laughs> right. If you can't recognize Jessica in, in the spider woman outfit, man, fuck you. My identifying uh, dump truck. That I could pick that out of a lineup. Like she's got yes. such a well-defined, strong, high up dump truck of a butt that you could put that under any costume. You could put a Groucho mm-hmm. Marx pair of sunglasses and mustache on the butt and I would still pick it up out of a lineup. Yeah, and you should. If she was on The Masked Singer, she'd come out and not sing a note. I'd be like, that's Jessica Drew. I know yep. that butt. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, you ruined our show. Like Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you heard about that, but Rudy Giuliani was on that show and like two of the the judges just bailed. He took off his mask like, I'm Rudy Giuliani. And they're like, oh, fuck this. And they just like left (laughs) Three weeks from now when this podcast (laughs) runs, we will have already forgotten about it. (laughs) Broken that story. So everybody just revisit this in your memories. Oh yeah, that was funny. That that probably went around Twitter for eight or nine hours. Man. Um, Anyway, back to Spider-Woman. Jeff and Billy, they're leaving the movie. Uh, Jeff is telling Billy not to even describe the movie to her. He's like, dude, <laughs> just don't even fucking tell her about that Fuck part with Jeff. the spider getting out of the egg. She's going to lose her shit because she's a woman. Uh, and so she takes them to Grumania to hunt a vampire. She's like, hey, I got a hot tip about a vampire. Now, and- now to be clear, this is her, again, her alter identity has somehow gotten a hot tip about a vampire across mm-hmm. the world. Right. It's the thinnest, it's the thinnest like excuse they that you could have possibly come up with. Jeff and Billy will buy fucking anything. And uh, this was trope number nine, the reckless entanglement. Vanessa already got this one. Yes. <laughs> so uh, she's Why like. Why the fuck do they go with her? It's not even saying, a, there's not even an in, in show reason for it. Right. She could have said goodnight, guys, and then gone off to fight Dracula. But instead, she's like, I need to do a story on Dracula. Yeah, and you like take all, care of yourself um, again, you know, Jeff. I'm not I'm not coming up tonight. <laughs> But like all ordinary non-Spider-Woman reporters, I, I do need to take my young nephew along. That's just how it works. So um, meanwhile, Dracula is digging up a guy in a bow tie. It's Wolfman. He doesn't even get a line. He's just instant Wolfman. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a normal guy. And then he looks at the moon and becomes quietly becomes Wolfman. And then Dracula goes, it's Wolfman. <laughs> Love it. I love uh, it. It's so synonymous with like the universal style transformations too before they can afford mm-hmm. that. So it just has that immediate like and wipe into wolf. Yep. He's a wolf now because we didn't know how to do morphs back then. Uh, this is uh, trope number 10. It's going to be tough to get on this wavelength. What do you think Spider-Woman trope number 10 is? Everybody is dug out of a swamp in a coffin. <laughs> it does happen three times in this episode. I'm going to say that's that Jessica Drew somehow accidentally becomes something else briefly. That does uh, happen a few times. Yes. Um, what uh, I was specifically getting at is there's at least one too many things in every episode of Spider-Woman. We didn't need a Wolfman. <laughs> yep. uh, there, there's so much more. <laughs> the it's one too many things this early. 
Yes. Uh, but this is very normal. Like if there's a Spider-Woman episode about underground spider people, they'll also be mind controlling a Loch Ness monster. Didn't make that up. That's real. If ancient <laughs> mummies are on the attack, <laughs> they'll they also be a Loch Ness monster beam. Yes, Surely. they have a Loch Ness monster beam. Of course they do. Uh, there's ancient mummies in one episode, and it turns out they're geometry mancers from space. Uh, all of these, all of these stories should be seven minute cartoons, and the only way to fill them into a half an hour is having some absurd, totally unrelated second or third thing pop up. It is so not that again. This is a twenty minute animated cartoon, yes. and you're, you're like Dracula is not enough. This is, <laughs> we need this is, all of them. We need the whole lineup. Bring in the invisible guy. Three or four entries into like a Spider-Man franchise when you're about to reboot it. You're like, eight villains is not enough. We need more. Pack them in there. Need a Wolfman. Get a Wolfman in. This will sell tickets. People love the Wolfman. Really quiet Wolfmans. Uh, So Jeff and Billy and Jessica are now in the graveyard of Dracula's tomb. And Jeff is just a fussy little naysayer, just complaining about everything. And then uh, he mans up as soon as the lady's about to do something beyond her means, though. So he's like... Oh, don't go in Dracula's tomb, Jessica. It's far too dangerous for a woman to go crawling around in a crypt. I think that's word for word what he said. I don't it says it's far, it's far too dangerous. It's far too dangerous for a woman to go crawling around in a crypt. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Billy and I will do it. Yes. <laughs> this is a job for a man who is absent inside and an overwhelmed child. Not a woman. Not a, not a lady. Not a lady and with a helicopter. Jeff and Date Boy to the rescue. And this is where um, Vanessa mentioned this earlier, where he grabs her shoulder from off camera and she looks horrified. It's just and like instantly, this is not a human touch. Yes. You were aware that this is like freezing cold. Yeah, I don't think that they even meant to do this. I think this was just a problem in the animation, but it, it added a real element of danger to this unwanted touch. <laughs> it's and you're like, is this the Wolfman? It's like, no, it's it's just sexism. <laughs> Uh, so they find an empty coffin. Uh, oh, okay, Dracula's gone. He must got out of this coffin. Oh, but that of course, sucks. Yeah, Jeff is like, Dracula doesn't even exist. This is probably some fucking other guy named Dracula who got out of Bill, his coffin. Bill Dracula. <laughs> Bill Dracula. And then Dracula and Wolfman are there in the tomb, just kind of behind him going, rawr, like you might for a four-year-old's like haunted house. They're so polite. They're just waiting. They're, they're just waiting. Uh, it cuts to Jessica outside wondering what's going on. And there's like magical conflict. And there's like, and she's like, hmm, I wonder what's going on in there. In Dracula's tomb, which uh, somebody she's fought twice already in this episode. So, uh, but again, this is what she'll do to protect her secret identity. She couldn't say. Why would Billy yeah. be using his Billy rays? <laughs> Gotta check this out. I don't think there's been Billy rays, but I, I guarantee there all. are. There's gotta be Billy rays. Um, so, um, speaking of rays, the Wolfman shoots fucking laser eye beams. Uh, and well, she goes in and they're both Wolfman. I love the yes. wolf beams so <laughs> And then the, I, I fucking lost my shit when they turned around. And I was like, there's no way they have wolf beams. They have fucking wolf beams. <laughs> they shot her with wolf beams. I was so in by that point. Yes. Yeah, that's all, that's all in. This is my new favorite show. <laughs> So uh, she sees Wolf and Wolf Jeff and Wolf Billy and just is like, this will hold you and sh- shoots him with webs. They're stuck. They can't get out. Uh, they go to commercial. Wait, wait, uh, can I just point out the line really quick? Please. She says, that should hold you until you get back to normal. And then Dracula from <laughs> off screen says, but they are normal. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucking body shaming. Yeah. You're celebrating people's differences. 
<laughs> they free them. She wasn't right about them, uh, about either of those things. They instantly get out over the commercial break and um, the Jessica's about to shoot the, her venom blast again because she knows Dracula can't take this. So Wolfman lasers her hands and puts a force field on them. And her exact words are sprouting spider hair. My venom blast is clogged. Wolfman (laughs) clogs her blasting hands with his Wolfman rays. That's that's a wonderful. That's a wonderful. Clogs blasting hands. I couldn't Uh, stop repeating it to myself. (laughs) It was like cellar door for me. (laughs) Venom blast is clogged. This sticky wolf blast got all over my hands. Uh, Trope number 11. Is trope number 11, she will lose her powers? Uh, It is not it, no. Is it that she will science her way out of something? Oh my God, you're ahead of me again. But yes, that's trope number 13. (laughs) Three yes and tropes. I'm literally fist pumping every time I get one. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm committed. Trope number 11 is beams do anything. They might Beams have no effects. Do anything. They might obliterate something massive. They might turn you into a thing. They might put you gently to sleep or knock you the fuck out. You truly like have Wolf to wait Man and, and his see. Clogging beam. <laughs> yes. You never know when a beam hits somebody what it's going to do until they stop moving and tell you what it did. Uh, and so, to that point, they double blast her with vampire lasers and Wolfman eye beams. So she should technically be a very hurt vampire, but instead, she just can't move. This has to be the first time Wolfman and Dracula beams have hit a spider woman, but everybody's sure they know what's going to happen. They're like, oh, she'll be paralyzed forever. Let's get out of here. I like Uh, her dialogue, which is that being part spider is challenging enough. I have no intention of being part vampire also. (laughs) That's that's her main problem. (laughs) It's just, that's the, uh, no, come on. That's one too many things to be. Yeah. Can, Can you imagine being a woman and a spider and a vampire? Oh, much less. I'll let you do it. A wolf man. (laughs) She was so worried about being one more thing. And now she is another three things. Yes. We're getting ahead of ourselves because uh, before that happens, uh, they're like, oh, she's paralyzed forever. And they leave. And what do they go do? Oh, you're asking us. I'm asking. She's Uh, paralyzed forever. They leave. They just Uh, leave. And they... Do you, well, do you want me to jump ahead in the plot? Do you want me no, to? They're trying we're to here. They dig Frankenstein. up. They dig up Frankenstein. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we were trying. I was trying but not to yes. jump ahead in the we're plot. Bringing me my oh, yeah, no, box heroes to take over the world. <laughs> uh, this brings me to trope number twelve. Uh, uh, it'll be obvious in hindsight, but I'm not sure if you'll be on the wavelength to get it. There is always a Frankenstein. <laughs> there is not. God damn. You know, in a way. <laughs> oh, there's always two more things than there needs to be. <laughs> is it always that there's a third guy? Not No, what, uh, the answer I'm looking for is IP theft. They Ooh. do not oh. give a shit. For a character created to protect against IP theft, Spider-Woman has no problem stealing shit. Most of her enemies are just Star Wars characters drawn from memory. Uh, she has the same Wonder Woman transformation sequence and also fought a team of Amazons. Time Amazons, since there's always one too many things. Uh, there's a there's a time travel episode where a guy named Dr. T goes to the future to grab a group of Chewbaccas. Not Chewbacca-like creatures. They're furry Chewbacca men with Chewbacca bandoliers. Like they just, they're like, fuck it, throw some more Star Wars guys in there. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's a Spider-Woman trip. I was so happy when he opened that coffin, which again, 
you don't keep Frankenstein in a coffin. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's not part of the lore. But he goes, right. any moment now, and the final member of our threesome will be uncovered. Like, ooh. <laughs> yes. Ooh, all right. Yeah, I'm listening. <clears throat> and then it was Frankenstein. Okay. Have me completely on board. <laughs> I love how they draw him. They draw Frankenstein with this look on his face that's like, it's like my, it's like you interrupted him while he's trying to count something all the time. He's real confused. He's just confused and annoyed. Like, why is there a Dracula and a wolf man? What is? We don't need all this. <laughs> Stupid um, things. So, so back in Grumania, Spider Woman just sort of wakes up an hour later. She guesses, uh, but. She turns into a vampire werewolf. Fucking yes. Oh no, those strange rays have turned me into part vampire and part werewolf. I was already part spider. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down the quote, trembling tarantulas. There's an evil force growing inside. Yeah, I got that too. I liked her, like her vamp, her wolfman snarl was very kitty cat like. It was her very. Her snarl was getting me so bad because I never know it was coming. Like, yeah. I was trying to figure out what her cadence was for deciding to like talk and then snarl through it. And it was a little different every time. So yeah. it just kept getting me. Yeah. Sometimes it's at the end of a sentence. Sometimes it's between words. Like, one time it was in the middle of a word, like between yeah. syllables. Or and it's, it's like always like. And like three times louder than the rest of the audio. Track yeah. is wild. That was my absolute favorite. The whole thing was fantastic, but that was my absolute favorite part. The commitment to like the bizarre snarling, and then she's kind of flailing around with the beakers as she's fighting the evil inside. <laughs> but yes, now we have an evil force growing inside of her. So after we've introduced three enemies uh, and some uh, stakes, we now finally have a ticking clock element. Something that was notably missing. <laughs> uh, Dracula, so now the, the creature's on a rampage. The threesome is on a rampage. Dracula shows up and gets two skiers. And I love this part. I love that the they're woman, just hanging out on Dracula yeah. Mountain. <laughs> We're going to go ski Dracula Mountain, everybody. Oh, no, a Dracula is what they say. <laughs> yeah, it totally knows what's up the second they he know, appears. They know about Dracula. They were ready for him. Like, they it just it had such sweet, such... Sweet powder up on Dracula Mountain. Yeah, God, you can't pass it up. I know there's Dracula's out tonight, baby, but like... Gotta get in that that fluff, though, right? Uh, Wolfman gets a couple of 16th century villagers. uh, Frankenstein. blasting them. You have to say it every time. He blasts them with his wolf rays until they turn into farm wolfmen. Correct. Um, Also, uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, They reveal here that Frankenstein has electric neck bolts that... Frankenstein I just, people. I could, I, I was, <laughs> you knew it was coming, was, right? It was. I knew, but in my notes, like as I was taking this like stream of consciousness, I had no. He's <laughs> not going to have a Frankenstein ray. It's not going to turn people into Frankenstein's. And then in all capitals, he has a Frankenstein ray. I went full Def Jam. I went full Def Jam. Like I could have done a lap around my desk at that point. I was so for it. I'm so sorry. Uh, There's now a car alarm in the background. (laughs) I think it's appropriate for this moment. If you have an air horn, if Frankenstein has a ray that he shoots out of his neck, (laughs) (laughs) he's got an air horn ray? Air horn beams. Fucking time. Frankenstein has Frankenstein beams. Saving... 
<laughs> saving it for this moment because it was perfect. It was. It I just was what the the lower implications of that are immediately so deep. Like it, Dracula <laughs> and Wolfman have like a contagion element built mm-hmm. into their like if they bite, yeah. you become Frankenstein. Absolutely, absolutely, it does have has the opposite of that element because everybody that he turns into a Frankenstein, there must also like spring into existence in another country. A Dr. Frankenstein just for them that made them out of corpse parts. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly right. That's, no a, that's a good point. Natural transition. If anything, it like you need a guy with a garage. You have to yeah, you have trouble. to produce a laboratory, you have to produce several other human corpses, you must produce an Igor, must produce like a, some lightning <laughs> bolt to animate you. I mean we have beams, so I feel like that's a good placeholder oh, for lightning fucking but frankenstein I, beam i could buy a dracula beam and even a wolfman me beam but a frankenstein beam that's just a hair too far <laughs> also the people that he turns into frankensteins are fucking like captain ahab and like yeah. an aquaman guy just a couple of fishermen having some beers at the dock in frankenstein. like in like a parisian cafe at a dock yeah like, with a having like a wine and then he comes up and fucking frankensteins him it's Oh, it's the best scene to get just airhorned me one more, gong me for that scene. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> so, uh, Spider Woman jogs off to the chemistry lab, just snarling the whole fucking time. And this is where uh, Vanessa made the trope call where science is just completely magic and always works. If a guy throws together some bubbly liquid and says, This should make me queen of the penguins, it will. First try, exactly as he expected. She um, makes an anti anti monster potion. She just says, "I'm going to make an anti monster potion," and she does. Yes. It's an entirely new field of science. Unlabeled chemicals, just mixing them, bloop, bloop, and then drinks it. Fixed and goes uh, to the library. Well, of course, you have an anti monster potion. Time to go to the library to figure out yeah. what to do next. Well, what you have an anti monster potion. The yeah, show's the over. Library has Wi Fi. Library has imagination. <laughs> she uh, does not use the Dewey Decimal System. She just goes into the stands and just pulls out three books right next to each other and says, now to find out about Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein. Before that, she says, the books I'm looking for got to be here somewhere. <laughs> yes. These are the books I'm looking for. There, there they are. Uh, now, this is not a Spider-Woman trope. Educational uh, praise is not a, a normal part of the show. Reading is never the real hero. This is the only time she's ever done this. Uh, So the world is under siege. Frankenstein is full on Frankensteining cops. Uh, Spider-Man. Franken-blasting them into other Frank. (laughs) Franken blasting the police into Officer Frankensteins. Uh, It's fucking great. All cops are Frankenstein. Uh, in uh, police code, it's a zero zero one. If Fra- Frankenstein is turning no, cops into Frankenstein, highest priority is how the, is how <laughs> police codes work. Uh, so, Spider Woman uh, read in a library book that to stop a Frankenstein, you get an electromagnetic grounding antenna, and this will drain the lightning energy that brought Frankenstein to life. So she shoots him with that, and um, and it's of course a beam. The antenna, of course, it's a, of course it's a beam. Uh, this brings me to trope number 14. I'm not even going to make a guess. None of this shit should work. Magic, science, or not. Uh, every every time a Spider-Woman episode gets to the climax, she she hatches a scheme that is so stupid and beyond reason, even in her universe's rules. Uh, for an example, there's an episode I mentioned earlier about the space mummies, 
And they're on the rampage and Spider-Woman just kind of realizes that like something about pyramids. She's like, guys, I've got it, pyramids. So she gets Spider-Man to use his webs to make cubes around the pyramids and it gets them so scared they fly into space never to return. <laughs> because they're no longer pyramids. They're no they're longer cubes. pyramids. So they have to get out of it. Oh, we don't like those anymore. <laughs> get out of here. Bye. That's a bad so, shape. So Frankenstein lost his electricity because of the ray. And he just leaves, locks himself back in the grave. And of course. <laughs> fucking, it just annoys him enough that he frowns and he turns around and he leaves. And it, the fucking show follows him all the way back to Frankenstein Castle where he opens his coffin, gives the camera a look like, fuck that. And gets yeah. back in his coffin and closes the door. <laughs> he just grumpily reburies himself. <laughs> Uh, so now it cuts to the wolfman who's like really concerning himself with getting these two fishermen under a bridge with his laser night, eyes. He's just, I'm boaters. getting these, I'm getting these two night boaters <laughs> with says. my wolf, with my wolf blasts. I am definitely wolfmanning them with my wolf blasts. Wasting Every time his whole life. They, got, they could go to a city center, just make wolfmans like crazy. He's like, I'm getting, I'm getting these two. Uh, spider, uh, spider woman shows up. And of course, she read in the book that Wolfman gets his power from a full moon. So she, I don't know, Vanessa, you want to try to describe what she does here? So we're back at the moon. What exactly happened at the moon? So I'm trying to remember exactly what had happened at that point. Because How does one solve the problem of moon using spider powers? You make the moon go away. Correct. I had, she sprays non-moon rays on the sky. Uh, Well, her exact words are, so all I have to do is create a spider eclipse and then... Right. She shoots them in the eyeballs. Which, by the way, sounds like a dirt bike. The second she said spider eclipse, I'm like a thousand percent yeah. sure that is I'll a dirt bike. bike brand somewhere or like a Vespa <laughs> of some sorts. And it is a real fancy way to say, I'm going to fucking shoot you in the eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> this, br- this brings me uh, to the penultimate secret Spider-Woman trope. What do you think it is? Uh, everything has to end in a big hurry. That is a, a, a real thing that happens every episode, but that's not what I'm uh, getting at. I'm thinking, let's see, everything is in a big hurry. Is it everything can be solved by rays? Uh, that is part of it. Um, I think I would put that under rays can do anything from earlier, though. Okay, yeah, what, yeah. what I'm getting at is Spider-Woman has a new power every episode. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she'll get super senses. Sometimes she'll suddenly be able to command spiders or breathe underwater. Once she created a web atmosphere, uh, they don't <laughs> care. They uh, and if you remember trope eleven, the fact that uh, she shoots beams means she already has unlimited super abilities since they can do anything. <clears throat> oh my god, so, she's she's a god. She's omnipotent. She is absolutely and overpowered <laughs> and omniscient. Yes, that's true. She has both the things that would make uh, a god. Uh, so Dracula and uh, some. So anyway, the, when she blocks out the moon or blinds them, whatever happens, all the wolfmans turn back to human. So then we cut to Dracula and some wolfmen. And in my note says, wait, how? They're attacking a couple people in the truck. And the people in the truck have decided to deal with the situation, not by like driving over the Dracula, but by staying put and parking. And they're just dodging the beams as they come into the truck cab. Which <laughs> I love that just like the wolfmen in the scene prior, they're just completely enraptured with like two random hillbillies in a truck yes. and like all the armies of Dracula are like, we must get Jeb and Kathy <laughs> just fucking blasting this beat up truck. What and it's not working. Randy, Randy and Kevin down there by the dock. Did you get them? Oh yeah. 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 We sent, we sent Wolfman. He got him. 
They were having a nice romantic dinner. Fuck that. Not on my watch. They're having a Wolfman romantic dinner now. Uh, Spider-Woman shows up and Dracula explains to her like, hey, your light beams are really powerful, but there are too many vampires for you. We're totally going to overrun you. And to be clear, there are three vampires and two wolfmen and they're a hundred yards from her. She could fucking light them up. Uh, but instead she flies over their heads and um, Brock, will you want to try to explain this one? Uh, well, she spider blasts a nearby windmill so hard it turns into the sun somehow. Seems about and, right. Uh, this annoys Dracula, just like Frankenstein. So he also leaves, returns to his castle and politely reburies himself. Mm-hmm. Sorry, returns to his crypt and politely reburies himself with the same grumpy look of like, I'll just go home. Then. I respect these guys so much. <laughs> they know when they're beat. Yeah, they're just like, oh, okay, well, fuck me then. I'm going to go, maybe in 500 yeah. years, there won't be a fucking spider woman. Maybe it'll just I be didn't... a Jeff and a Billy next time. <laughs> I didn't know they have fucking windmill lasers. I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. I know when I'm beat. I don't want to drag it out. Oh, wildly um, outclassed here. So uh, Jeff and Billy, like they come, they turn back into non-wolfmen. They're in Dracula's tomb. They're like, oh, hey, where's Jessica? And um, she comes back. Well, hold on. First, um, one of my favorite exchanges is they show up and Jeff, super annoyed, is like, Billy, where have you been? And Billy, also weirdly annoyed, goes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Billy is a true MVP in this for me. I feel like he doesn't know that he's date boy. But like Billy on his own, real MVP. Billy, yeah. according to Billy's world, Jeff is date boy. He's there to keep things from getting real. Yeah, he, he, Jeff is there to keep his aunt Jessica grounded. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't expect me to know where I was. Fucking asshole, Jeff. This is going to be hard to guess. What is the final secret Spider Woman trope? Uh, Jessica. Must always realize she was wrong to do all of the things that she just did. That's actually uh, very, very close. Yes, as a woman. Uh, At the end of every episode, Jessica comes back. No one figures out she was the Jessica-sized woman with the same hair and mouth who saved everybody. Uh, And then she figures out a way to assure big strongman Jeff that he was the actual real hero, even though he probably fucked everything up through the whole episode. Yes, that's how they all end. She she ends this episode with a shrug and going, I guess you were right. There's no such thing as vampires. And then they cut back to Jeff just looking smug as shit. Yep. Why did they do that? They animated this weird little smirk on his face that has never shown up anywhere else in the episode. Or if that's just like Jeff's energy. I'm so disconcerted <laughs> by everything that he does, every frame that he's in, every interactions that he has. Like there's so many moments where I'm just on Jeff for too long that it feels organic it feels like something sinister in jeff's aura yeah he is an ominous for if if she is god then he is the devil jeff is the devil of this universe one does not exist without the other there is no spider woman without a fucking jeff einstein hunter frankfurt einstein hunter frankfurt
gather around the hearth, younglings, to hear tell of the brave adventurers who risked everything to cast the all-powerful ring of evil King Dormare into the fires of Mount Hot Dog. These were the Supremes. Neophont, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Freefinger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, whose mind was swayed to betray the party for Dormare's ring. Alpha Scientist John, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyron, Bim Talzer, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring, but did later apologize. Brandon Garland, Brian Saylor, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring and did not apologize, not even when pressed. Brianne Whitney, Brockway Loves the Meat Millie, Cyril, Chase McPherson, Chris Brower, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring while on horseback. That's different. It's a vehicular betrayal. Curious Glare, Dan B, Dean Costello, Donald Finney, the ring betrayer, who was called that before the adventure for other reasons, but did betray the party for Dormare's ring. Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding, Fancy Shark, Hambo, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring and then put it on, down there. Haraka, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aiden, John Dean, who definitely betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Holy shit. John McCammon, John Minkoff, Josh S., Ken Paisley, K&M, all of whom betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Laziest Man on Mars, Matt Cortez, Matt Riley, Mike Stiles betrayed the party for Dormare's ring, then betrayed Dormare to the party then betrayed the party again. Moju, N.D., Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer betrayed the party for Dormare's ring, but in a really charming way that they just couldn't stay mad at. Nick Ralston, Nick H., Ozzy Olin betrayed the party for Dormare's ring, and then proposed with it. Aw. Patrick Herbst, Rev, Rhiannon, Rich Joslin, resisted the power of Dormare and stood strong. He, hold on, I'm getting a news hawk. He has just betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Sarkovsky, Timmy Leahy, Tostigal, Tom Sekula, Tommy G, Yosarian, and Jellaho, who did not betray the party for Dormare's ring. He asked for a necklace. For which, yes, he did betray the party.